Have you ever thought about that while you're away, your home could be an Airbnb? I did. I actually bought two homes in Albuquerque that I Airbnb'd, and it was just an amazing investment, honestly, because, you know, as you are accruing value in your property, you are also making money on the Airbnbs. It's amazing. So your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 21 Seeds Infused Tequila is a must-have. It's an award-winning tequila. It's infused with real juice, with real fruit, which means the flavors are built in. It's real. So you need like two or three ingredients to make your perfect cocktail. Hey, um, you know how I'm always trying to keep my house parties exciting? New cocktails? <laughs> do you? Yeah. Okay, well, here's something that's going to flip the script. Okay. All right. 21 Seeds Infused Tequila. Yeah. yeah. Tell me more about this, right. Oliver Hudson. Yeah, 21 Seeds is an award-winning tequila that's infused with juice from real fruits. You only need two to three ingredients to make the perfect cocktail. Wait a minute. I think I know what brand you're talking about. You know why? Yeah. Because 21 Seeds is founded by two sisters and their friend. It's female founded. That's right. See? Sounds See like how I know? Something I can get behind. I know. Well, there's a good story behind that for sure. Listen, if you love tequila... You have to try 21 Seeds Infused Tequila. Enjoy responsibly. 21 Seeds Diageo, New York, New York. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Hi, I'm Kate Hudson. And my name is Oliver Hudson. We wanted to do something that highlighted our relationship. And what it's like to be siblings. We are a sibling rivalry. No. Oh, no. Sibling rivalry. Don't do that with your mouth. <laughs> Sibling rivalry. That's good. Hello, Kate. Hi, Oliver. What word rhymes with block? <gasps> I wor- Hawk. No, Tony Hawk. This was an extreme treat for yes. me. Tony Hawk was an idol of mine. I grew up skating in the 80s. You know, for him to come on the show, especially with his brother, Steve, who, by the way, is a badass himself, was such a treat for me. And I know it was for you and for the children's in our lives, the cousins, because they are skating now as well. It was just a very happy day for for the Hudson family, for sure. It was really, really special. Tony Hawk is a legend. And, you know, when you get to interview someone like that and really get into their life and be there with their sibling. And I love watching, especially in athletes. I mean, it's one thing when, you know, someone becomes famous and they're like in a movie. But uh, for athletes, it's something that they've worked on and that usually the family has been involved with. Mm Mm-hmm actively like taking them to practice or taking them to the park or getting them involved and 
and being there cheering them on. Yeah, and Steve was the one who got him in, into skating. So as you sort of say that, it was cool to talk to Steve, who's his older brother, who gave us some real insight into who Tony was as a kid. And he was the one, Steve was the one who sort of even got him into skating in the first place, you know? Yeah, um, Steve is a s- massive surfer. Yep, he's cool. And he, he has that kind of demeanor about him yeah well he's just he's like seems pretty soulful and he was so great to the kids tony was by the way you know he signed all the boards and their hats and you know it was he was just uh he was cool i mean i was i was like fanboying out myself you know i was just trying to keep it together and and be like a 43 year old man Instead of like my thirteen-year-old <laughs> self, who was just wanted to be like, "Hey, Tony, <laughs> just like me, Tony, please, just I'm here. Look at me and like me." <laughs> you know, we interviewed him not long after Kobe passed away, and I remember when the kids came in and you saw their sort of that wonder and that awe and that rela- like, "Oh my God, they were re- meeting that legend hero," and it it made me think about you know there are really only a few legends in each business and you know what's cool about tony honestly is that he he's like an icon for many different generations really because he's transcended decades you know yeah he didn't fade he, he just gets sort of stronger and stronger you know it, it was interesting to talk to him about his kids and that I saw him right after, you know, he went to the Academy Awards and they won the skateboarding show, uh, short one. And if you haven't seen this short, it's so awesome. And, um, you know, he had this, he had this video game, Tony Hawk pro skater, you know, that, that again, I grew up on and it's, it's, they just announced the uh, release. I think it's releasing in September of Tony Hawk pro skater one and two, which is just an updated version but still has the same old school stuff as well yeah. as, new, as new stuff, music and everything. So, I mean, it I don't- It sounds really cool. Yeah, I don't play video games anymore, but I'm, I, I, I think I've got to get, I've got to pick this one up for sure. He is one of those people that makes you feel like nervous at first and then completely and totally relaxed i know you know i know he's just a real guy and then remember when he was talking about his kids and then he's like yeah these are my son's shoes and then he showed us a picture of his son and his i was like your son is like hot oh yeah it's like his son is like a model i mean so beautiful oh yeah you know he's he's like a model skater just yeah i mean he's he's cool he's what i've always wanted to be and just never could really achieve um anyway you guys hopefully enjoy this enjoy it as much as we enjoyed it it was awesome tony and steve hawk I'm this so is, happy you guys are here. Dude, this is bucket list for me. This is the best. Yeah, yeah this oh, is super you. cool. We always start with kind of the beginning and how you guys grew up. And so I guess, Steve, I'll, I'll start with you. You're the older brother. The elder statesman. By quite a bit, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so where did you guys grow up and how much, what's the age difference? 12 years. Oh, wow. So we, you, I guess you don't know this, but yesterday we buried our mother. Um, where we had her life celebration. Yeah, use the use the latter version of that. 
Yes. The well, life celebration. She, yeah, she, she's still, yeah, we didn't bury her. Yeah. She's in an urn on my coffee table, yeah. so we didn't bury her. Right. Um, we had a life celebration. We had a life, life celebration. celebration. Oh, How yeah. old is your was your mom? She was uh, 94, 95. There's some uncertainty there because wow. her parents lied to her about her birth date when she was young, apparently. Cause, and her father. And her father, yeah. yeah. So she thought the guy who raised her was not her biological father. Her mom had gotten pregnant when she was 16. Mm-hmm. Um, so they fudged her birth certificate. Okay. She found out in her seventies. Wow, man. That's, that's anyway, it was, it was okay because she'd had Alzheimer's for 10 years and for the last four or five was pretty much gone. Mm. So we, I think we all had done our grieving. Um, and was it was sort of a relief yeah. when she finally actually passed. Uh, so it was, it was very much a celebration. It was not. Oh, that's a, great. Oh, um, it was a beautiful thing, and, and, so and all these skate. Mike McGill was yeah. there. Steve Cavallaro was there. Yeah. All the great, you know, skaters. Rodney Mullen, Buster Kasai, Ken Stubb, Kasai, yeah, wow. Ken Park. She was really, truly. I mean, one of the reasons why all these skaters came was she was um, just had this incredibly generous spirit and was so um, understanding and tolerant of everybody. So Tony was skating. Had all these guys coming through with mohawks and. Um, there'd be 12 of them sleeping on the floor and she fed them all. And oh. Sadly, she wasn't a great cook, but. Where, <laughs> where did you grow up? San Diego. Oh, can, I mean, are you happy talking about how old we all are? How old were you? What year uh, was I, it? I'd prefer, no, of course. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I was born in 55. We have, I have two older sisters, um, who are five years and eight years older than me. Wow. Um, You're the baby. And so Tony very was so, yes, very much right. un accidente grande. He was. Oh, you were major. My mom. Uh, they thought they were done. I was going to be the last child, and then my mom got pregnant by accident when she was forty-three, um, which in nineteen sixty-eight was really old. Yes, There's a lot more women having babies at that age yeah. now. But yeah. Um, so uh, our sisters were already out of the house when Tony was born, and then I was twelve. So we were um, such a gap that uh, you know I was changing his diapers and. Was kind of Still. part fraternal, part paternal. <laughs> yeah, he peed on me a couple of times. Yeah, <laughs> he still does. What was your what was dad situation? Your dad? I mean, was he around? Or oh yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, he was. Well, he was in the navy, um, and then he was retired by the time I was born. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And then he was just always just scrambling for work, but doing random stuff, making it work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were pretty. We were definitely much lower middle class kind of. Um, Never, but never felt poor, never felt like I wanted for anything. But you took care of Tony. I mean, that he was your little brother and you, yeah. or were you on your own trip doing your own uh, teenage thing? Well, you know, I, I was a surfer, so like okay. I was really a, I, I, there was a period of my life where I looked exactly like Jeff Spicoli in Fast Times. <laughs> really? <laughs> exactly. Right. And talked like him. Yeah. When, when, when Sean did, the, did that role, every surfer I knew just was like, you're Spicoli. nailed it. <laughs> yeah. So an accident happens. Mom says, I'm pregnant. Do you remember that moment? I she... went into a bathroom. I said, oh, wow, that's great. And I went to the bathroom and cried. Really? Yeah. Why? Um, because I was no longer going to be the baby. I was, I had two older sisters. They took care of me. They still take care of me. You know, like, uh, and then for, but that lasted until he Came arrived out. and then and do you remember the day that he the hospital day I, you know i really don't remember that that well you the, the, the actual moment of the so at what point did you guys become because there was such a big age gap i remember when i when wyatt was born you know i took care of him he was my little brother 
But I was always remembering, I was always thinking, I can't wait till he's older so I can go get a beer with him or I can go out with him and hang out with him because I knew he's, he was a good little kid. Was there a, a moment where you guys sort of clicked, you know, an, at an age where you were old enough or you kind of, you know, took him in and said, let's well, we, do we hung out a lot despite the age difference, you know, because um, – you like we both like the ocean a lot, and yeah, I think that was surfing. probably the the first connection was riding waves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I would go out boogie boarding when he would go out surfing. Did you surf before you skated? Yeah, uh, yeah, officially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, standing up, sure. Yeah. But around the same time is when I sort of figured them both out. Yeah, but it was it was him that got me into surfing and skating. You grew up with a brother old enough to where you probably looked so up to him. (laughs) (laughs) Or not. I don't know about that. Yeah, he was gone. He was gone before I would have really been looking for that sort of guidance. He was always my cool brother and he he surfed. And so I when I first started going to the skate park, which was a kind of a huge step for me, um, I would beg him to take me. But right. he didn't live in the area, so we made it, it was like once a week, every Thursday, mm-hmm. he would drive down and pick me up and take me to the skate park, and that was my that was my outing to the skate park, and I remember those days vividly. How old were you then? Probably ten. Wow. So I was in college. And you were in college. And where did you go to college? Um, UC Santa Barbara. Well, actually, no. So that would have been after college, right? I didn't think. I think I thought you were living in Encinitas. Yeah, I was. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So, dude, you, I mean, basically you were like an only child. I mean, raised is sort of like an only child. In yeah. A way. With, with parents that were old enough to be my grandparents. Right. So right. there was that element where they were much older. They were still active, but yeah. they, it did feel like that. So what was that like, though? I mean, were you just on your own-ish with your friends? Or, I mean... Kind of. It was... It, they were pretty lax, mostly because they had already been through Spicoli. him and my sister <laughs> yeah, and, and so like, many oh, okay. challenges of parenting especially yeah. in the 70s yeah and so when i came along they were just like just keep him busy right just go mm-hmm. like whatever and so i was in baseball and basketball and then when i found skating they were like thank god <laughs> all that energy is going to be going that direction yeah but the other thing that's really important to know about our dad especially was he whatever we did he was all in and supporting it so he would take me surfing at five in the morning and sit in the car he'd take me to surf contests my sister our older sister our our younger older sister, Pat, uh, was a rock and roll singer, um, and he managed her band. He built her equipment. He would take oh, her to wow. her gigs. And then when Tony was 12, my dad, they moved to a new neighborhood. My dad actually was president of the Little League, and midway through the season, Tony said, Dad, I, I want to just skate. So quit the team. My, and our dad said, fine, whatever you want to do. Quit the team. And... Uh, um but stayed on as the president of the Little League to finish out the year and then went off to create the California Amateur Skateboard League, which is still in existence. Your dad wow. did. Yeah. yeah. And, and then the National Skateboard Association. Because he just saw, he saw this lack of organization and this group of, of kids that were passionate about it that he, he thought it was really positive. And he was like, why is there no competition series? Why is there no organization for these kids? And it's because um, skating was at a lull and all the parks were starting to dry or close up and any of the competition series that were happening had just 
long been gone because there were no sponsors to support them. So it's crazy. your dad was really the first entrepreneurial spirit of skateboarding, <laughs> and you just well, sort of but, carried well, that it, it, on. Yeah, really, money. I mean, there, it was all non. It was all non yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. but I mean, just in terms of his mind, like thinking about how you can create new opportunities for young skaters. Yeah, I don't even. I never. I I never thought he thought of it that it was going to be some lucrative thing for anyone. He just thought saw it as little league, where it's like these kids want to play, and no one is helping them get it together. It's and interesting so, though; you guys have sort of followed in his footsteps a little bit, right? I mean, with your foundations and what you're doing and, and creating parks. You know, you're, aren't you building? Yeah, public skate parks, public and skate parks, yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I definitely that was inspired by my dad's support. Um, but the the reason behind that, the main reason behind that, is because. I got very lucky in that where we lived um, in in North County, San Diego, was near one of the last skate parks in the U.S. and and I didn't really consider that at the time. I was just like, "Oh, skate park's open, we're going." Mm-hmm. And I was that was my home away from home. That's where I spent all my time and where I found my crew, uh, where I you know where I really. Uh, formed my skate style and my tricks and and so that was never lost on me how lucky I was to have that facility Mm -hmm. and I wanted to provide when I finally had some sense of influence I wanted to provide that same opportunity to kids all around the world but not not because I wanted them to be pro skaters just because I want them to have a place to feel a sense of belonging how old were you when you like when you were forming your crew and you were like down there all the time and you got your little uh, you know from I mean? age, well, we moved when I was, when I was 13. So from age 13 to 17. And would, did those boys sort of stay with you the whole time? I mean, are these, um, are they, are they some of the great skaters that a, we all A lot know? of them were there yesterday at our mom's. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. It, well, it, but not Del Mar locals. There are a few, like a few that became successful professionals. A lot of them mm-hmm. are just running like a lot of them are running the skate industry. Mm-hmm. The, the manager of the skate park went on to become one of the most renowned skate photographers and started a magazine, Transworld Skateboarding, mm-hmm. um, is still one of the you know most legendary photographers. So there's all these people that were there. So other people started skate companies and you know they're behind the scenes. But but the, the local, they were just really creative. Like I just loved the crew. They were yeah. super creative. And I, at one point, figured out, before I could drive, I figured out which bus route from my school went closest to the skate park and that's the one i took yeah. after school every day what was it like what was it about skating that was like oh shit this is it little league's done i mean was it what inside of you was like i need to do this all the time uh what i think it, it was it was the well first and foremost it was the immediate gratification of just getting on your board and going yeah and Freedom. in yeah, in baseball, you're waiting for the pitch. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, or, or you're relying on the team. And and while I know that's important aspect of of sports or of of developing, I just want to do it my own way. And, and I I love that in skating, I could totally develop my own style, create my own tricks, and still be part of this community that was supportive for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that, and they were just cool. I just you know I love the music that surrounded the mm-hmm. place and. People look different and they, mm-hmm. they thought differently. And, and I, I kind of realized at some point, like, I don't care about top 40 music or mainstream sports. This is my scene. And mm-hmm. even though it's small, I don't care. What would you remember what you were listening to back then? Like what some of the what, what <laughs> music was? Like the um, whole vibe? You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, like, like uh, I remember hearing like uh, 
at the skate park, uh, Devo, yeah. Dead Kennedy, Circle Jerks. <laughs> Um, Play bad video games. Games. You'll find out. Wait, but that's flat. different. But that yeah. was probably different for you because you were sur- I mean, San Diego surfing in the '60s, right? So you were like late '60s. Yeah, mostly through the early '70s. I really got into it in the early '70s. Early yeah. '70s. So the, that, sur- I mean, that must have been amazing time in the California music and yeah, that whole culture, right? Our 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 sister Pat, who was a musician, um, had. She was this really pretty, uh, skinny white girl who, with a voice that was, she sounded like Aretha Franklin. So she sang a lot of um, Motown. Oh, so that my she, I, I got really lucky in that regard because she would actually listen to Forty Fives because they they were a cover band, and um, and I would be there kind of stopping the needle while she wrote down the lyrics. So I I got to know, you know, Aretha, mm. Diana Ross, Marvin Gaye, all that stuff. So I I was a little different than. Then I think most of my friends when it came to music, it wasn't really hard rock so much. Um, but anyway, you know, going up as a surfer back then was was great because it wasn't that crowded and and it was kind of considered a cool thing to do. Like nothing I liked better than showing up at high school with sandy feet. Like that mm-hmm. was like a badge, <laughs> right. you know, because you could have gone up at dawn. Yeah. I, when when you talked about one thing, I wanted to say you're asking Tony about the early days of skating. So when when to, when Tony was little. He was kind of a dick. He was, <laughs> he was a terror. He was. Yeah, I got kicked out of a preschool. Um, Definitely, I was just difficult. I was super, I, I mean, I would be diagnosed probably with all kinds of issues, ADD, or, you know, they just said you were hyper. He's hyperactive. Yeah. He's yeah. hyper. Yeah. And so I just always was determined like, to get my way and keep going. And, and was stubborn. Yeah, and, and yeah. just, you know, stubborn. at the cost oh, really? of But, but of from everything. my point of view, as an older brother, when, when he started getting good at skating and you know, not just getting like recognition, but um, making tricks that were really hard and and satisfying his own desires. Mm-hmm. He just turned into a different person. Mm-hmm. Like skateboarding transformed you into the coolest kid because you were like you got that out of your system. And then once he started getting some some fame, even though it was really initially just only among skaters, um, he just w- it always was uh, very gracious. Like realized. I think you'd had a couple of skaters be dicks to you when you were oh, yeah. young, and just like you, you were never going to do that. Um, and uh, and you grew up, I think, like That's you matured. Cool. Now, so, how old do you think that that was? You were like twelve. He started getting recognition when he was thirteen, twelve, thirteen, yeah, fourteen. Yeah. yeah, he turned pro at fourteen. Yeah, he was in Sports Illustrated at sixteen. Like, you know, what did pro mean back? Then? Very young. <laughs> <laughs> pro meant that. You were now competing in a different class, and you were vying for a hundred dollar first place prize right. money. Wow, that was it. And so, and just cool as fuck. When I went pro. <laughs> I was I was filling out an entry form to a contest. I remember it was Whittier Skate City, and a few of my friends had had gone pro that event. And I got to the part where it says that little box the pro or amateur, and I checked the pro box, yeah. and that was it. Dude, how great would it be? So that? Like, you basically there was made no, yourself yeah, there was no, a pro. There was no, <laughs> there was no champagne. There was no confetti. It was no, like, like it yeah. and then I remember, I remember Stacy Peralta was over my shoulder, and he's like, "Okay, yeah, <laughs> well, you're now, you're, now you're competing against the dudes you see in the magazines, yeah, right." And yeah. was it still a subculture back then? Oh, mo- the, Crazy, the mo- it was. Right? It was probably the lowest point. Right when I hit my stride of, of, you know, as being an amateur and being a sort of younger phenomenon skater, 
was when skating was at its absolute lowest point. Oh, really? But I didn't. I was 14. I didn't care. But yeah. Tony, why do you think it was at the lowest point? Like, why do you think, you know... What, uh, it what, was It was because, one... Was it because the culture was looked down upon, do well, you think? That, that, that didn't help, but also it just it was that skating had gone in cycles. It, it, it reached this peak in the 70s of because of surfing and right. because it was like... The whole Dogtown. Dog yeah. Like, yeah. Trend, Dogtown, whatnot. And all these skate parks started opening. And then the skate parks lost their insurance because liability was crazy and people were getting hurt. And so skate parks started dying. And with the skate parks dying, skating just took a downturn. Like This was before street anymore. skating. Mm-hmm. And street yeah. skating came into play. So, so around the years, the years of 1980 to 85, 84, 85, were it's sort of this evolution where if you wanted to really skate, you had to work for it. You had to build your own ramps. You had to you, you had to find the the other skaters in your area or drive across the country to go find them. Mm-hmm. And so there was this there was this hardcore crew, but they were evolving skating so much that you couldn't. It was hard to ignore. Mm-hmm. Where people started doing big aerials and and flips and five forty spins and things like that. And so then it reemerged. A lot of the reason it reemerged was uh, Back to the Future. Yes, in nineteen eighty five. Bobby Z, Zemeckis, yeah. getting well, that's the when I, props. That's when I started skating. That's right, because of the, he started, was on the back. Wait, him holding the, car. Yeah. the bumper yeah, on the back. That's all I did. I was like, I'm going to find cars and just hold on to bumpers of cars and go 100 miles an hour. I remember, I mean, some of the first pictures we have of me is on like a Powell Peralta, like, you know, doing like, you right. know. Posing. Posing. Um, <laughs> because everybody was, all the I kids. I got to learn that move, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> by the way. Try that, that was one. quite the yeah. uh, <laughs> quite the hood You'll ornament. You'll never get it. Right it is the Hudson special. That's my, that's my indie Kate Hudson. <laughs> totally. The '80s was like I mean it was it was like skateboard everything. It just blew up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that so then 85. there was a, a big resurgence in say '86 to sort of '90, mm-hmm. and then again skate parks came up, and again they closed. Mm. And then that's when street skating really took off. Okay. Because if you wanted to skate, people figured out that you could sort of use the urban landscape as a skate park. Because in, in the early 80s, when there, people weren't, they just build ramps. That's all they knew. Build ramps to emulate pools. That's what we skate. But then when the 90s took off, it was like street skating is all the rage because you don't, there's no cost of entry. Yeah. And vi- video played a big role in it too. Video, skate video. Yeah, because, well, that, that's, that was part of it. I mean, everyone right. was filming everything back then and putting it. I mean, I don't know where you'd have to yeah, buy Well, that VHS was, that tapes. was when we shifted from relying on your competitive results to be recognized. Yeah. So then it became, well, what's the new video? Who's the got new the Bones Brigade videos yeah. coming out. What are the new tricks? And, and you didn't have to compete to make a living or to be a name. You could mm-hmm. just put out awesome videos right? and when did the board style change to sort of the trick board you know what i mean that, right like, then. that early around 90s. early yeah. 90s yeah. so you know what one well, interesting uh little piece of history there did you see the bones brigade video the, the first one that Powell put out in 84 right pal peralta right 80, yeah 83 84 um so stacy came down to our parents house um for a contest that was at the oasis i think right and or were we no Del Mar Del Mar that's it was, right it was the apartment it was, it was the apartment it was that, yeah. yeah 
So, and um, the premiere of that video, which which arguably was the first action sports video ever made, mm. that was out just for video. The premiere was in our living room, and it was like you know Christian Hassoy and yeah. Stevie and the whole Bones Brigade crew. Um, How amazing! My, my parents, I, I, was, my mom. I'm talking about a a very small place. Yeah, <laughs> an apartment. Yeah, but it's crazy. I was and, so obsessed with all you fucking yeah. guys. As a tr- as a brother that's 12 years older, did you ever worry about him in that environment with the kind of crew and? No, you know, never. No, especially after he connected with Stacy Peralta. You know, yeah. Stacy was was a good guardian. What was that relationship like, you know, or, or is, but what was it, was it, how did you guys meet and, and how did you get tight? Well, skating, it, it was a very small community. Yeah. So it, any skate event, everyone was there and they usually moved around mostly in the, the skate parks of Southern California, uh, Del Mar, Upland, Whittier, um, what else? Marina. Big O, Marina Del Rey. Yeah. So it was just kind of like everyone was there. And then at one point I remember distinctly Stacy asking me, I was sponsored by Dogtown at the time. Mm. That was my first sponsor. Mm. And um, he sat next to me at Upland and said, how's, uh, how's Dogtown treating you? And I was just like, I, good, I, I don't know. What, how are they supposed to treat me? They give me skateboards. <laughs> That's, that seems good to me. Right. And, and it was at that moment where I thought, was he actually inquiring like that he'd be interested you know what i mean to, to me it was this major deal and then like six months later he called our house you know back then long distance phone call right. stacy Peralta's calling <laughs> right and uh he said hey tony i heard uh, dogtown went out of business and i said oh that's why i haven't gotten any skateboards from them <laughs> in the last month or so and he said oh i'd like you to come up to marina and talk about riding for powell and and then even then 1981 Powell team was, that was the top. Like, that was the elite. Mm-hmm. Bones Brigade. Mm-hmm. They had Cab. They had Ray Bones. They had McGill. They had Rodney. It was just like, you know, they were, and, and it was just like, he wants to talk to me? Wow. And and it was a shock because my style of skating was kind of mostly made fun of during that time. Why? Because I was smaller and I figured out how to ollie into my aerials so that was the only way i could get any height out of the pool right everyone else just used their their weight and yeah. their speed yeah and i didn't have the weight so i just figured out how i could do these aerials by sort of ollieing into the air and then grabbing my board mm. and everyone said that was cheating because he ollies and then he can just grab his board wherever and i was like that's the point right all right that's it <laughs> right. and and he saw something in that he saw that that was progressive right um when very few people did and so i just was like he he also saw your your determination and your resilience and you know sure but but the idea that that he was even interested yeah but there's a funny story about marina del rey because marina was the hub of the dogtown skaters even then that was where you would catch those guys where you'd catch um jay adams and you would catch tony alva and and adel garrett and cesar peralta and and so we were there one time and I was practicing for a contest and all of a sudden I was 12, I guess then. Yeah. And all of a sudden all these hardcore punkers started coming into the park and just sort of filling it in where you suddenly couldn't skate these bowls. And I remember Steve looking at me, he's like, we got to, we got to go. We got to get out here. I don't know what's going on, but we, we should leave. And so we left and we, we found out later they were having a circle jerks contest concert Mm-hmm. And I mean, if you're a, if you're a fan of punk rock, mm-hmm. you'll know that um, 
all the guy, all the punkers standing in the bowl is the cover to Circle Jerks Group Sex. Wow. Oh no! It was that night. No, and you left. Wow. Well, I, <laughs> well, you thought it was going to get like, killed. I know. I, we we missed probably the show. were going to get you killed. You probably were going to get killed. My fault. I, I was the only surfer-looking dude in the whole place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, and also, it, it, from my perspective, like I like the music, but all I want to do is skate. So yeah. I was more annoyed that, like, right. why yeah. are these guys sitting in the bowl? Like, yeah. What the hell? So I was just like, let's <laughs> leave. We can't even skate anymore. Oh my gosh! Were now, you- now, did you see his determination? Did you know? For early on, even before he knew that there was something special about uh, the way he skated or he, his determination? Yeah. I, I remember really specifically one moment where it was at Oasis when you were trying to learn frontside rock and rolls on a little quarter pipe. My God, my and, kids are literally doing that right now. Um, oh, God. And I had, I, I'm pretty sure I was living down there. No, so you would have been how old? Nine. Was no, rocks? Yeah, would have been 10. I, I, was home, I was home from college. And... um. Uh, my our mom had said, "Go get Tony. He's at Oasis. We're dinner. We're gonna have dinner in like twenty minutes." So I sat there for forty five minutes, going, "Tony, we gotta go." And he was like, "I'm gonna make this. I'm gonna make this." And was falling, and it, that's a pretty scary thing to come into the first time, right? You were all bloody, especially with a twelve inch wide board at mm-hmm. the time because we didn't yeah. know any yeah, better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and, yeah. And, and and crying like literally, like half make it, and then pulled one this like calmness swept over him and he was like okay we can go now that still happens <laughs> were you were you cautious or were you just a charger like fucking eat shit and get i wasn't back afraid up? to get hurt but i wasn't throwing caution in the wind mm-hmm. yeah. i was very calculated you were in terms of what i thought was possible and what i was capable of i was i wasn't afraid to f- just fling my body up and try it right but i kind of knew the steps of what i was trying to create mm-hmm. um and i got hurt plenty of times along the way like i've had oh yeah. over 20 concussions for sure you know that that famous um, sequence when he made the 900 at the yeah. x games yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. you just watched that with the, with the um, boys that but that came with hundreds but, of attempts prior to that yeah. right so but that that face he had when he was climbing up the stairs every time yeah, on the ramp before it was dude. exactly the face he had when he was when he was 10 trying that front side rock like it was the same guy <laughs> that must feel oh, so to be the observer of that i mean when you have the kind of drive it just exists right i suppose i i i guess i i have a better perspective on having children and seeing how they have all different versions of that and so i can see it where it's funny you say like one of your kids is more daring, but the other one is actually better. Mm-hmm. And um, between my wife and I, we have we have six kids total. But uh, at one point, we had four teenage boys that were all skating together, and it was funny because my youngest of them would try anything. Mm-hmm. He doesn't he's care. Nutty. He's 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 nuts. Like he's really <laughs> nuts. But he would not. He would not take the back time. There is like nodding. You're you yeah. Know. But he would not take the time to learn the foundational skills that he needed to to really do these things. So he would drop in on the absolute biggest ramp than anyone had at the time, but not know what to do on the other side. Right. And just like slam into the next wall. Like he would, <laughs> he would slide down giant ramps when he was like two. Yeah. Really? And, and yeah. then the just other like kids drop in on are his all, butt. Oh my god. Are all learning and and actually are better yeah you know in terms of of their how well-rounded they are but they're not that daring mm. and they would all say oh keegan's so good i'm like you guys keegan's not that good right. <laughs> he's not he's just crazy <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 you know you guys have a healthy balance and some of them had an unhealthy balance the other direction right 
where it's like you have all everything it mm-hmm. takes to do this. You just won't. Did you have do to put? Did you push them at sure, all? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And and the irony is that my oldest son, who was older than all of them, had the perfect mix of that. Yeah. So he was my first son, and so I just thought that's how he's got what I have. Yeah. Like he's determined, but he knows his limits and he knows what he's capable of. And he's, I was like, so that's how all kids are, yeah. I guess. And then all and then, these other kids came along. I was like, oh, no, that's not how they are. But you did push your other, your kids, your older kids, or the uh, ones sure. who well, I, I just pushed them in, into what I think they they want to do. Right. And every once in a while, they'll ask me, please teach me how to do a disaster. And yeah. so I, I will go do that. Yeah. Other times, I just give them pointers along the way, or I see them eyeing something up, and I tell them the best approach to it. Mm-hmm. And it's usually it usually works, but sometimes it's just like, you don't, you're not really going to commit to that. Right. You know, I have to just tell them, like, yeah. you're obviously, you can't just think the board's going to do it. Right. You have to participate in this thing. <laughs> you have to figure it out. Did they, but did they, did they ever, are they ever like, dad, fuck, just I, I, leave me alone type of I'm vibe? not, I'm not that pushy. And, and no, but what I mean is. I err on the side of not being involved because I don't want them to think I'm projecting it onto them. Right. So I'll back off. Right. Until they really ask. Well, it's just similar. Unless, unless I but, see a glaring mistake. Right. If I see something glaring, I'm just like, and, please you know, set up your feet. This way, right? Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll watch him. He's a, he's he's like the the Jedi master when it comes to if someone's doing something, he'll just say, just lean forward just a little bit, you know, and a little more weight on your front foot, and like the next time the kid will get it. Mm-hmm. Like, well, it's your also probably because I mean it's Tony Hawk. I mean if they say lean, if if if, if, if Oliver was like just lean a little bit forward on 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 your foot, you know, oh, oh. they'd be like, oh, dude, whatever, you should hear me at the cove. If, if it's <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm even doing on a skateboard anymore, and I'm like. Wilder, like, just fucking go, man. Like, go do the thing or whatever. And the old skate park's looking at me, and I'm like, I can't help it. I can't. I've got this problem where I'm just like, I, I know you can do it. Just fucking do it. Cosbox. The box with a cause. It's actually it is. It's a box with a cause. I mean, that's really. <laughs> <laughs> um. So we discovered this really cool subscription box. It's uh, quarterly, so it's four times a year. It's curated by women for women, and it's filled with amazing products and brands that are ethical, sustainable, and have a positive mission to give back and make the world better. So I love this. Anything to make the world a better place, I'm in. Oliver, tell everybody what is in these limited edition boxes. Well, um, you get six to eight full size products. You can get you get everything from like skincare and jewelry, homewares, accessories. And the last four boxes sold out within days, which I can believe because you get over two hundred and fifty dollars worth of products for only 50 bucks there's a bento box duffel bag and then you have the jade roller which, okay by the way i i, use, I have jade a jade roller. roller okay it's in my freezer right now and i and i know this is it's 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 curated by women for women but i do use a jade roller every one once every two months pretty much i should probably use it a little bit a little <laughs> bit more than that it comes with an exclusive magazine so the magazine tells you the story about just each product what's behind it and informative about what you're getting inside the box they just launched their summer box i'm excited to get mine i know i'm excited for you to get yours and i'm excited for aaron (laughs) to get hers and i'm sure (laughs) i'll probably pick through it and find things that are that are good for me you know so one of the things that i love is that it's a present i mean you're opening it it's exciting it's delivered right to your door the best part is that of course 
We got our listeners an exclusive discount. You go to www.causebox.com slash sibling and use the code sibling and get your first box for 30% off. As in, you can get your first box worth over 250 bucks for less than $39 and free shipping. So go check out Causebox right now. I can tell you secondhand, because my wife got it, that you're going to love it. America, hashtag. Hashtag could use a beer. Could use a beer. (laughs) (laughs) I like this hashtag. That's clever, Coors. I like it. It is true. God, I could use a beer. (laughs) I could use a beer right now. I mean, there's a lot of people who could hashtag could use a beer right now for sure. Coors Light knows that, that the beer won't, won't fix the current state of the world, right? But it can refresh us to keep pressing on. So go to at Coors Light on Twitter. This is cool. And nominate a friend or a loved one that deserves a six-pack. I love this. I love the give back. I love that. It's mountain cold refreshment. And guess what? It's made to chill. If you're made to chill, drink a Coors Light. Oliver loves doing that, by the way. He loves that. And do it again, Ollie. Do it again. Coors Light Mountain Cold Refreshment, made to chill. If you like to chill, you drink a Coors Light. So we are going to ask that everyone needs to please celebrate responsibly. And Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, would like to tell you the same. Must be 21 years or older. Beer purchase required. Valid in select states only. Offer value varies by state. 428 to 61220. Up to $1 million in redemptions. Rebate sent via PayPal. Void where prohibited. See bit.loi slash CL rules for details. So there's four of you all together. Mm-hmm. Two boys, mm-hmm. two girls. And... What is the closeness factor? Who's the closest? We're all really close. But I would say that Tony and I are closer than Pat and Lenore are closer because they're the age thing part of it. And also because we're... And just interests. Interests, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, he still is heavily into surfing. I mean, you were the editor of a surfing magazine, is that right? Yeah, the surfing magazine. Yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. How did that happen? That's amazing. So, uh, did you travel everywhere? I, you know, I signed off on a lot of trips. Yeah. Uh, but I, when I was actually editing, I was it was a pretty busy job. So I looked at a lot of great photos from all around the world. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, when I was there, I didn't travel. A lot. I have traveled a lot um, to surf, but it actually not for the magazine that much. Right. I, I did a couple of choice trips. Right. But I got the job because uh, I had been a newspaper reporter, and I was doing some freelance work for surf magazines on the side and the. The um the job came up and actually a headhunter reached out. Uh, but I remember calling up like some friends because every newspaper I worked at, I was like the token surfer. I would do I'd write all the surf stories. Mm-hmm. Um, You're like asking. And I called Coley. up a friend and said, "Dude, I just got like the dream job." And he said, "What like editor a surfer or something?" As <laughs> <laughs> a matter of fact. <laughs> Um, yes. Yeah, exactly. Now, how many kids do you have? I have two. And then, how many kids do the sisters have? Uh, they both have two. Twelve kids, all together. Who was the oldest of the uh, well, of your nephews? He and I have the. It was funny because we're the younger siblings, and we had our kids first. Well, Lenore. Oh, Lenore, that's right. I always think <laughs> Lenore like 
<laughs> they 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 skipped a generation. Yeah, no, excuse no. me. No, no, no. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Her, her her sons are so much older that they have kids now. So yeah, yeah. I I forget that that's even the thing. Yeah. Yes, Lenore had her kids first. I apologize, but it was funny because when when we did it, excluding Lenore, when we had kids, and then Pat had kids after us, right. we're teaching her just techniques of toddlers and yeah. doing things and it was just always right. like, I'm like, so I'm much younger so than her much older yeah. than you <laughs> leave me alone yeah why did you leave surfer magazine what happened um, you, you just your time ran out there and you moving on or yeah so I, I did eight years and I actually I, I I had an epiphany one day at a at a meeting uh, we were planning our annual North Shore issue because we would always go to the North Shore of Oahu mm. and I had I had like I had it in my house and I had all the our writers and photographers are around the table and I just thought, you know, my, I, I don't care that much about how good this issue is because I've done it like this would be the eighth time. And I had this, suddenly had this vision of myself as like this kind of bald guy with a baby ponytail, <laughs> um, you know, in my 40s trying to talk, surf to the Groms and... Um, and I just said, I gotta go, I gotta do something else. I gotta, I gotta go actually surf. Yeah. Now you made a pact with him to come down once every two weeks or once a week when oh, you were Oh, when I was a kid. Yeah. He would drive me to the skate park once a week. And was that something that you, Tony, were like, you're going to come down from college or you're going to come down from Encinita? So um, Encinita? That was- yeah. And if he couldn't, then I demanded that my mom did. Yeah. And, and she was working, so it was not easy. Yeah. And what'd your mm. mom do? Uh, she was a secretary at a high school and then she became a night school teacher at a college. She got her PhD in her sixties. And then, yeah, eventually got her PhD, but, um, she was always working. And so it was just sort of like, for lack of a better word, I was a latchkey kid in that sense. But at some point I demanded that I get rides to the skate park. And then those increased in frequency (laughs) to the point where that was what my dad did. He was, he was the chauffeur. Right. He was my Uber. He, he was. Skate park your... Uber, yeah. <laughs> you said if it wasn't for your parents that you would never Oh, absolutely. Be. I, n- none of my friends' parents wanted them skating. They thought it was a negative influence. They thought it was for outcasts, losers. And so they would rely on my dad for rides to the skate park. Did or you rides ever get, to the events. like, oh, God, I just want to be alone at the skate park with my... No, like... I wanted it with my friends. It was just, at some point, my dad's involvement became seemed to be too intrusive right because he was at every event he was right. always and at some there. point he was running the events and they're like oh that's weird you won right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know right. so that got weird for a yeah. little bit now doesn't your sister work with you now uh or- she has for the last 20 years she yeah. is literally retiring tomorrow really yeah that's right tomorrow big, is her last week in the hot day family. The wow. yeah. whoa yeah um and so she's handing over to other people that we work with that I trust. Implicitly. She's amazing. She, she and, but she did. She, I mean, really. she really. She, what happened was she got pregnant with twins. She was singing at the time for Michael Bolton. She was the backup singer for Michael Bolton. She did the Dirty Dancing to her, and then she got pregnant, and she decided I have to stay home. I can't tour like that anymore. And she saw my career starting to take off in a totally different way than it was connected with skateboarding Mm -hmm. and she said i want to help you because i know the entertainment industry and what you're doing now is reminiscent of entertainment events Mm -hmm. as opposed to just skate events and so she was she became my business partner 
she had a better idea of I, I hate to use the word but of my worth of, of what I could yeah. be out there right. getting and what kind of opportunity was opening she's up. She's like a brand builder. Yeah. And and so we started we started the um boom. she was there right when I got the video game deal. Um she was a partner in starting the Boom Boom Hawk Jam tour. Uh Hawk f- Clothing yeah. was actually started in her garage. Right. Amazing. And, yeah. and so the video game this. deal though was a what was how when was that? That was a that was a long that was a while ago. That, that was nineteen ninety I signed the contract in ninety eight. The video game. Yeah, for yeah. Activision. So, so you, as I recall, correct me if I'm wrong. You, she connected you with William Morris right before that deal came down. Yes, and and Activision wanted to pay him a single fee buyout. The contract was 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 a good deal. Yeah. I I can't remember what the, the what the guarantee was. Yeah. It was it was probably a lot more than I ever seen before. Yeah, and then as we got closer to the release, they could feel the momentum building and felt like they had a hit yeah. coming out. And then they called me and they said, "We want to offer you a buyout." And that was at the William Morris called me and they said, hey, Activision just offer you half a million dollars for future royalties forever. And I <laughs> never heard anyone say half a million dollars before. Yeah, it yeah. sounded like someone saying a gazillion dollars. Right, right. And, and, and I had just bought a new house. I had a pretty steady income of endorsements and competition earnings and licensing. And I, and I thought... I'll just I'll let it ride. Why yeah. not? Like I, I'm yeah. I'm okay. I'll bet on yeah. myself. Yeah, I didn't. And also, <laughs> I, I wasn't looking for some great payout anyway. Yeah. It was just kind of like no, let's just let's just go for yeah. it. And I it was well, the biggest. Uh, go, it was the best financial decision oh, of my life. Oh my god! Sure. By, well, by a lot. But what was the when, when, what was the moment? Because I don't. We haven't talked about this yet. The moment that you became what you are, what you have now sort of what you've been what you've realized when did tony hawk become that was it holy shit you're now on the scene you're the number one dude you know what i mean you become a brand so to speak um well i i had i i guess i had a name recognition carried over from the 80s with my right. skate career but then so the mainstream when it went into the 90s when they started the x games it was sort of like i was the name that people already knew so they were sort of focusing on that but i was still improving so i did well in all the contests and so in that respect that's kind of what put my on the x games put me on the yeah more well, mainstream because it was televised radar. and people could actually see what you're yeah doing. from say 96 to 99 ish yeah and then 1999 was the year that I made the first 900 at the X Games, and our game was released just a couple months later, which was total coincidence. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like the perfect storm. Yeah. And not long after that is when I noticed the shift of recognition that was way beyond anything I ever mm-hmm. imagined, right. where people were stopping me on the street, the airports, bro, Tony Hawk Pro Skater, 900. It was, it got crazy. <laughs> How and was that for you? Um, did you indifferent? Did you like no, it, hate it, was, it? It was fun. It fun. just felt it felt strange to me because I had already lived through this wave of success that I thought was massive in the eighties, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it was on this different scale where I was doing Letterman, yeah. and Jimmy Kimmel, and <laughs> That's crazy. I was in. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was in People Magazine. How old? How old were you when I was first thirty one? Like and so it, then it felt like, aren't I old? Right. You know what I mean? Like right. All, right. at that point in skateboarding, if you were past your mid twenties, it was over for yeah. you, because because there was no living to be made. People see me now and they get confused because they're like, "Oh, how did 
he's so old. And I was like, I was old when you found out about me. <laughs> <laughs> and Steve, where were you when, where were you at during this, during this time when Tony was started to blow up? Were you um, a surfer then? Uh, let's see, when, when he really blew up, and though I was... Um, that was when Swell.com started? Yeah, I was yeah. doing a, a website. That's why I left Surfer to go start, to help, okay. which is now Surfline.com. But uh, um, I will say this from, from our sisters and my perspective, when there were several times over the course of Tony's career when Lenore and Pat and I would look at each other like, can you believe this? Like it's, it's, he'll never be bigger than he is right now. Mm -hmm. I remember in the eighties, there was a vision contest in Irvine in the finals. It was you and Christian Hasoy. And, uh, there were 6,000 kids in this arena. And at one point in the finals, you know, two thirds of them were standing up going, Hawk, 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 Hawk. And I went backstage after and I said, you were 19. I remember I said, you might as well just kill yourself right now because that's it. <laughs> like as good it's, as it's going to get. It's as good as it's going to get, you know. And then like two, two years later, he's like, no, wait, now this new thing is happening where it makes that looks like nothing. You know, the X Games, the 900. And yeah. now he's skating in the Obama White House, you know. Like, oh, yeah. Um, oh, right. I was there ever that. any envy for you as an older brother? Thankfully, I think because it's 12 years. Yeah. Uh, no, none, none, nothing but kind of pride uh, all the time. I could watch him skate all day long. Do you think if you were younger, it might've felt a maybe, little bit different? Maybe. Yeah. yeah I guess maybe. it's sort I, of, you wouldn't I, really I just, know. I, I, it's kind of like our parents didn't instill that in any of us. You know, like I'd love, I, I, I've spent countless hours watching my sister Pat sing. And yeah. I don't think Steve really craved the spotlight. Mm -hmm. Um, but Pat certainly did and still does. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> did you guys get a voice or no? I did the mass singer. <gasps> no, you did. did. Yeah. Oh my oh, gosh. Shit. Uh, you okay, did that. I remember first one out. <laughs> you were. Oh I did the mass singer. I don't know serious? if you knew that. Did you yeah, know the, that? I was there when you mentioned it to to Kathy, his wife, who's. She is not. She was not down. She was like she still was not down. Really? She, she's why? Just she's like, down. why did you why? do this? It's just she's she grew up Detroit punk skater. Super. It was like, why are you doing some mainstream thing? Right. Yeah. You're like, yeah. it's just not. Cool. I don't want it. It's a challenge. Yeah. I think it's cool. Yeah. And also, I sang a Cure fun. song, so I feel like yeah. I brought a little bit of Wait, what alternative flavor. <laughs> what What's did you that? Sing? Friday, I'm in love. Oh my god! Oh, so I feel like I feel like I brought my own flavor to it, and I'm like, all right, I did it. You know, Were you I nervous tried. at all? Or? I was super nervous, but I just kept practicing, and they had a really great vocal coach helping me, and my sister was helping me. I heard the playback on mine. I was like, you know what? Not bad. I did it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you were the <laughs> first it was one just out? That It was more that, that they sucks. wanted me to sing something a little more high energy, mainstream, mm -hmm. and, and probably because they knew that I wasn't going to keep going but, if I But does that? your right. competitive spirit, that kid in the bowl so, that won't right. like stop, <laughs> when you're the first one out, are you like, that's fucking bullshit or, <laughs> or like that, thank god i didn't i didn't hear bit? the other everyone else i heard a snippet of a couple people and i could tell that almost all of them were really good singers and there was one other person that wasn't a great singer but they sang 50 cent and i was like yeah that's not and fair. because they sang you know what i mean like song choice that was it yeah it was like they were kind of playing to the, the yeah. and, and, and i respect that and so at some point I was like, well, maybe I should do this other song that they suggested for me that's more high, you know, more cheap thrills. And I, and then and that was when I made the determination, like, fuck it, I'm going to stay true to who I am. And if I'm out, yeah. I'm out. Yeah. That's when, and so that's, that's when not you, a competitive that's thing. That's right. fucked up. 
You fuck, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> probably right. Yeah. If you were on American Idol, they would have been like, song choice, Tony, song choice. Mm. Yeah, maybe. Right. You but they American didn't Idol. guess who I was. So that was kind of cool. That's good. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. good. <laughs> <laughs> they thought I was either so Dave funny. Grohl or Travis... Barker and I was like, well, that's cool because they yeah, both sing. Yeah, right? those are cool. Wow. Uh, I was camping this last weekend, actually, which was great. But I will say, it was it was nice to get home because I, I I went from a pad on the ground to my incredible Helix mattress that I have put on my bed, the Lux Midnight Helix. Sleep. They have a quiz that takes two minutes. You complete it. It matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. If you like your mattresses like really soft or firm, you sleep on your side or on your back or your stomach, or you sleep really hot. With Helix, there's a specific mattress for each and everybody's unique taste. A lot of people are having a hard time sleeping, mm-hmm. and a mattress. And how it supports you does help you sleep. And right now, I think more than ever, we should be creating a really nice environment if you can. Yeah. And but your bed is your sanctuary. Like at night, you know, I can speak from experience, you know, and you can as well. I mean, I you have kids and it's crazy and you're putting them to bed and you're doing this and you're doing that. And when you can actually sort of get in bed and let everything go, you need you you want that moment and you want that moment to be perfect and a mattress is part of that moment if you've got the shitty mattress it's just it's not going to be the same you don't need to take oliver's word for it because helix was actually awarded number one best overall mattress pick of 2019 and 2020 by gq and wired magazine so just go to helix sleep.com slash sibling you take their two minute sleep quiz they'll match you to a customized mattress they'll they'll give you the best sleep of your life they've got a 10-year warranty you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free and then they'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it but you will helix is offering up to 200 dollars off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash sibling that's helix h-e-l-i-x sleep.com slash sibling for up to $200 off. What is your main business at this point? What do you spend your days doing? Are there moments where you're like, I just want to get back in the bowl? <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> I have don't all the time. Yeah, be for looking sure. at these numbers or approving this visual. I don't want to do that. Yeah, I, last week was like that. Yeah. Um, well, one, as we were preparing for my mom's service, but also just the, 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 the things that sort of ramped up and that I got sort of random requests for that I couldn't turn down were invading on my time just to go skate. And, and that's really hard for me. And that's kind of where I've been grounded and I have to walk the walk if I'm going to do this stuff. So yeah. for sure, you're right. But at the same time, there are moments in my day where I, you know, I, I go like I, for instance, a couple weeks ago <laughs> in this timeline, I, I took my daughter to school. Um, you know, we had a normal day. I took my daughter to school. Then I drove to LA and dressed up in an elephant costume and <laughs> sang on national TV <laughs> and then got back home in time for a regular dinner to put the kids to bed and That's wake great. up the next day. To, and, and I'm just like, no one else has this life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no one else. Or no, th- th- actually the day before that I was shooting the video the cover to our video game. Yeah. That's what that's what those 3 days what how it happened. Yeah. 
And there was a moment where I was like, this is this is a crazy life. This is in, like, there's no way I would ever imagine doing any of this stuff or accepting any of it. Um, but I love it. What, what do you do to be the, to, to, to be able to get into that mind space where you're, where you used to just be able to get on the board and go and not, and not resent that you can't do that anymore. Do you know what I'm saying? I think I just, uh, what the opportunity that's presented to me, I, I make it my own. Okay. And that's the, the best explanation. For instance, if I have some opportunities to do a promotion that involves social media or whatnot, I demand that it's my creative. It's in my own voice. And if you take it or leave it, mm-hmm. because I, it has to be authentic. Mm-hmm. And then if, if, it's, if they're agreeable to that, this is just one example, then I, I find that a fun challenge. How do I formulate this? to make it represent what I do, but also be authentic and, and get whatever messaging they want it to. Um, but that it's, that I believe in it. And that is a delicate balance, especially in skating. Like everyone wants to call you a sellout immediately. I mean, that is the, you know, skating is the most hardcore activity, culture, lifestyle, whatever. And the people are quick to judge. Even now, their, can you be a sellout nowadays in skating or surfing? Um, I mean, can you? It's, there's there's now? less of that narrative, but every once in a while, you know, someone will do it. It's just see for me. For me, I I've saw I saw the rise. I saw the rise of skating. I saw the rise of of the endorsements and the how far they resonate. Mm-hmm. And. Then I saw people making choices or agreeing to do stuff that just was not didn't have integrity and didn't represent skateboarding very well, mm-hmm. and I think those were my warning signs. And I made plenty of those mistakes, you do, especially oh, you in the '80s. But luckily, there was no YouTube. Right. <laughs> what, 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 were, what were some of your regrets in that in that field? Do you remember any specific things where you like you look back on? You're like, oh fuck. Oh, I, I, yeah, I, so I, many. I can't even. I mean, believe. I did a promotion with Fruit Loops where I was talking about Toucan Sam like he was this new extreme athlete for real. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? It wasn't like a commercial. It, was it wasn't like, tongue I had cheek. To, it was like, uh, yeah. Right. Now, what is it that when you look at the, the life that you have lived to date, what is it that you now look forward to as the next step of your life together as siblings all of you guys? I mean, it, everything is kind of a nice surprise. It's hard to say we're we're, we're reaching, we're going towards some goal. I, I can't, I have no idea what yeah. the future holds, but That's I know great, that, though. I know that I'm going to have fun. Yeah. Like I, I've reached a point where I, I have the freedom to choose and to say no, if necessary. When I was growing up, especially at that age, like 20, I, I couldn't say no. Mm-hmm. The hustle. Right. I was just, yeah, it was the hustle and yeah. just going. And yeah. at some point you start to lose yourself and you start to lose your integrity because you just don't even know what, really mm-hmm. <laughs> is is of quality right. anymore and and just... for sure i went through those years and and steve was the first to point it out where it's like do you really want to be oh, promoting really? this I was gonna say, stuff were you a grounding element to yeah, that? I, don't, I never felt like overtly it was more so. when the, with the foundation yeah and it was just more like what what is the the social responsibility here what is the explain the, the foundation message? a little bit you know like what is the foundation what what are the what are the what are the, what are the goals of the foundation the, what do you well, guys Well the do? mission statement yeah. is is pretty simple it's to to promote and help finance public skate parks in mm-hmm. low income areas mm-hmm. within the United States so it's domestic um and to date we've helped to fund over 900 parks and given away close to 7 million wow um, with the Ralph C Wilson more 
Yeah, it might be up yeah. to eight or nine now. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Um, but the we we don't we very rarely fund entire parks. It's mm-hmm. mostly that people will come in. Our maximum gift for a long time was twenty five thousand, and a good skate park costs at least four or five hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, but having a check from Tony Hawk Foundation would go a long ways to getting more money and keeping the things mm-hmm. going. Um, but we're right on the verge of we, we just did a big. Uh, um, strategic plan to try to really expand it because we, we've got an incredible crew there running the show and they're really good at, at navigating municipalities that want to get a skate park built or someone or a, a parent who wants to get a skate park built. We, we know how to help them do it. So we got this machinery in place and we really feel like if we could get more money into that machine, we could do 10x the we could spend 10x what we're spending now with with without really staffing up that much because mm-hmm. we've got we could we could just do whole parks and what happened was this foundation the thing that really was a light bulb moment for us was the the robert c wilson foundation ralph was, c wilson yeah yeah ralph c wilson foundation uh came to us and said we want to give away a whole bunch of money in the northeast or in the buffalo new york uh detroit mm-hmm. detroit area and we want you to tell us where to put it um, so we hired one staff guy. He's gone out there, and, and we're actually just funneling their mon- money. But it's our machinery. This is so great. And, it's great. Because there's nobody in the world who knows more about how to get a public skate park built than the than the three guys who work f- on the program side of the Tony Acquisition. For sure, they've done. They know how to raise money. They know how to talk to city councils. Um, so we're actually, I think, we're going to rebrand. We might rename the foundation. Oh, really? Take Tony's name off it because people think he's funding it. And he's really yeah, it's not. hard to raise funds when you're like, well, pff, Tony's rich. Yeah. 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 Why does he just pay for it? Do you find that that's, that's happening? Like you're actually losing out because uh, there is that I, stigma? I think that there is a stigma, um, especially sure. with donations, what we call micro donations, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. we're trying to inspire people to just give a little bit. Right. Have you guys, like, this ground new groundswell of skaters? I mean, it's it's pretty big, right? I mean, this it feels Bigger only because ever, yeah. my kids are obsessed say, it feels with like it. There's yeah. an uptick it's right happening now. now. It's like every fucking wait till the Olympics skating. happen. Oh well, that's God. the thing is, is oh, that's yeah. what I was I was so amazed with all your kids and they all they all skate at least a little bit. Yeah, that to see that that they choose that as readily as they choose baseball is is still amazing to me like i'm still blown away mm-hmm. by that even though it's it's been coming for a long time mm-hmm. when i was a kid you skated and that was that was your identity and you were we call it bullied now you were picked on yeah <laughs> endlessly yeah. for being a yeah. skater yeah and there were only a couple of you in the school and you had to yeah, yeah to hide out. Now it's the opposite. I mean, now it's like, yeah. 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 I want to say something like as a proud as a proud big brother. Yeah. I have a lot of proud big brother moments, but yeah. you know, the, skateboarding is where it is now, largely because of Tony. You know, I mean, he's he was the face of it for for a long time, and uh, I think the sport got really lucky that it was him because he's a really good ambassador. He's articulate. He's a good dad. Mm-hmm. He sets a good example. He's in it for all the right reasons. And he doesn't make any real mistakes in the public eye, you know. Like it, there's a lot of fuck ups out there. Oh yeah, so he's not um, in it for the chicks. He still has time <laughs> <laughs> for the what? He's the not chicks. in it for the chicks. The- <laughs> I tried to be as a teenager, and it just it didn't wasn't work working out. out. No, <laughs> no, but it's so amazing because I think too, like you see that from a sibling perspective, which is if anyone knows. Tony Hawk, it's going to be. Yeah, and I, I you know, I see you. him give speeches now in front of thousands of people, and he doesn't need notes. It's just, just really good at it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like it all the time. Um, I swell with pride. 
yeah, yeah. watching Tony do his thing. Oh, do you believe in? Like, I wish Kate divinity. did that for me. <laughs> I, mean, I really do. But. Do you believe in divine, <laughs> you know, divinity? Like that, that things are meant to be what they're meant to be. Not, not entirely. I, I think I, I believe in that. I got lucky in a lot of ways, but I worked my ass off through the difficult times. I never gave up. And that is what I attribute my success to is that just there was this perseverance that I, I couldn't I couldn't quit it. Even when it was no money to be made, even when I had to provide for a family, I had to get out there and skate. And and yes, the idea that skating came back around and that we got insanely um, successful and lucky with having a video game series, all those things. But I did work for those things and I saw yeah. them as windows of opportunity that if I could grab them and make them of the quality I imagined, they would be successful. So um, I'm not, and I'm not trying to take all the credit. I'm just saying, like, I just, I just kept at it. I just kept working. And and there's something to be said for that, especially with new generation. It's just like, yeah. just do what you love doing, mm-hmm. and that will be the definition of success. Mm-hmm. That's right. If you're able to do that for a living, you're gonna love what you do, mm-hmm. even if it's not like you're making, even if it's not the most financially successful thing you could do. You're gonna be way happier in it. Yeah, no, my dad, I, lo- I'm a, I love to fish, I'm a big fisherman. And my dad, Kurt, when I was trying to figure out life, and he goes, go to fucking Costa Rica and fish. That's what you love to do. And I'm like, I can't do that. That's absurd. But I should have gone to Costa Rica. You still <laughs> can. <laughs> yeah, I, I still love what I That's not <laughs> that hard to attain. I know, yeah. but, but yeah. you still have hope. Um, do you still skate every day? I try, yeah. Like I said, sometimes do you still do? Things. Do you still do stuff? Do you still push it where you're like, fuck, I shouldn't try this. I'm 51 years I, old. I push myself. To. I push myself in sort of a, in a different, I don't want to say muted, but, but more technical way mm-hmm. where I do tricks that are way more difficult and require a different skill set than what people are used to seeing that's these huge air type of maneuvers mm-hmm. that are high impact. So what I'm doing now is sort of shifting my style into more low impact technical moves that are probably more better appreciated by the skate community mm-hmm. as being progressive, right. but they they give me that what I need. Yeah. Did you see so. the video he dropped? Tony Hawk does fifty tricks at age fifty. No. So fifty tricks that he had learned over the years, but all all wearing the same outfit, so you knew he was doing them now, uh-huh. and they were all tricks that he invented. That's really? amazing. Yeah. But that was cathartic because. There are a few of those tricks that I did in that that I realized like I don't want to do this one ever again. Oh yeah. really? Yeah, yeah. So that was that was the last one yeah. for that one. That was yeah. it. a couple. Like I'd say at least four of them. Have right. you taken any like diggers in your later lately? Where oh, you're yeah. like, holy! Sure. Shit. I, I split my eyebrow open just um, in November. <laughs> you did doing, yeah. doing what? Skating a pool. Are you just bailed, fell, and that's, uh, that I, was that? No, it was a little bit stickier than I anticipated, and I came in on a trick. And my wheels, or I, I kind of, I slide my wheels on my on that on the way in on mm-hmm. that trick, and mm-hmm. my wheels didn't slide, but mm-hmm. I didn't take that into consideration. Yeah. And so my foot actually, front foot came off, but I was already committed to coming in. Yeah. And I had a helmet on, yeah. but I hit the bottom, and I hit so hard, my helmet felt ah. slid up, and then all of a sudden there's just blood dripping down my eye. Uh. And I got, I was like, and it was, it's pretty basic. It's just a frontside lip slide. I was like, a fucking lip slide. Like my head is bleeding (laughs) and I come out. But the interesting thing about that is that I was at a public skate park and a bunch of kids had realized I was there and started texting their friends and whatnot. And so all these people were starting to arrive 
and I come out of the bowl <laughs> dripping blood. And the interesting aspect about all that is that nobody cared. They were like, can I get a photo? Can I get it? This didn't matter at all. Oh. Just blood all God. over your face. Yeah. And so I had a sweatshirt in my bag and I put the sweatshirt up to it to stop the bleeding and just took a bunch of selfies <laughs> trying to get out of there. So it was just like, a, and there's plenty of photos of me just bleeding down my eye. And it was just such a, I was so fascinating. Finally, like someone's mom was like, are you okay? Right. And the kids just thought that was a day in life. That's Amazing. So funny. If you think about yeah. the new the new generation of skaters now, like where are they, are they pushing stuff to? Uh, they're limit, always pushing stuff to limits that are just. They're doing stuff that we were doing in our video game twenty years ago right. that we thought, like <laughs> right. this is the crazy. Video game, right? Can you imagine? No one will ever do this. Yeah, and now that's what they're doing. Just crazy, crazy technical combos. Yeah, you know, Kick, super tech flip rail, tricks, the, landing into uh, grinds, flipping out. Yeah. In order to even land those tricks and complete those tricks, don't you have to just eat shit a lot? Because, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes and no. I mean, in some of them, yes, because yeah. they're big handrails and big gaps or yeah. big aerial type of stuff. Some is just footwork right? and super technical, yeah. and it takes a thousand attempts to get one. Yeah. But if you get it on video... You got the glory. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's true. It's all about getting it on the That's video. one thing that's always seemed a little strange to me, that people can land one trick once after a thousand tries and then never, never do it again, and then it's like a thing. Like, I made that. When, it, when I was talking about how I've sort of shifted my style, most of those tricks that I've done in the last, I'd say, four years, I'm not... One done. Yeah, that was it. Oh, yeah, really? It no. Uh -huh. It was just too much work to get it's the too one. much work, yeah. And it's just like, I can't, I can't put myself through it again. Wow. Is there anything that's happening in today's skate culture that you don't like? Where you're like, I, I don't like this. I wish it wasn't happening. You know what I mean? Even uh, the attitudes or I don't know. I mean, I, I, it's maybe so it's so diverse. I, I can't. There's no way. I would nothing. just sound like a curmudgeon if I was like, this is a, you know, don't do this. <laughs> it's, it's just, I feel like skating has taken, it's become this lifestyle and this, this culture that's so diverse and so inclusive that I love how far it's come. Dude, I, I can totally understand that because I've been with my boys now and at these uh, skate park parks and stuff, and it is so unbelievably inclusive. Everyone is, is so nice, and everyone is ready to help everyone else. And hype else. for you. It's dope. Let's talk about the, the, the game. We're 21 years out from the first game release, <sighs> which was only on the uh, early systems, um, PS1, mm -hmm. uh, eventually Nintendo 64. And so now we have a chance to do all the same mechanics, same skaters, same tricks, same, same levels, same maps for the newer systems. So PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, oh, Steam. Oh, fun. And it's so, it's so fun to see all of that come to this super um, detailed and amazing motion and graphics, you know, because uh, and people have been asking for it for a very long time. Oh, this is such a this is a big this deal. This is huge. Yeah, so we did Tony Hawk Pro Skater one and two as one game remaster um, with all the original lineup, all the and and then we're getting new skaters as well. What about the soundtrack? <clears throat> What's that? And the Same soundtrack? soundtrack. 
Soundtrack. Are yep. you singing on the soundtrack? Uh, no, oh, yeah. no, <laughs> yes. no. Soundtrack, but but also newer stuff. So we're you know so we're new music, new music. But soundtrack, you meaning like old the old the old music? Yeah, the stuff you knew: Goldfinger, Melancholy, and Dick Kennedy's Rage oh, Against the Machine. Oh, fun! Yeah, it's it's super. It, it, oh, this is gonna be so. so it's a little something go for crazy. everyone. For people like myself, there's a nostalgia. But I you're think also yeah, I, the in. idea is that there there what there is this reverence for the game and the series mm-hmm. and, and people want it in the newer systems obviously but also there's just a whole new generation that doesn't know that game at all and the only skate game they ever played was the EA version and so they're going to get to experience what this is like yeah my kids have games just on their on their mobile devices where it's just like a skateboard right. it looks True like skate. a skate yeah, yeah. yeah exactly and they do little kick flips and yeah know, so I'm really you know. excited to bring THPS to this new generation yeah and we have Vicarious Visions is just the exact right group to, to do it let's do our speed round okay one word to describe the other thoughtful kind oh I love it <laughs> Which sibling do you fight with the most? Pat. Pat. <laughs> <laughs> I want to well, meet Pat. Why is that? Why? Why? I mean, she's just okay, she's just a force. I'll, I'll tell you just, a story about Pat. When uh, she was at one point, he was doing. In, she was in conversation to get him sponsored by a, a surfboard company that will remain unnamed. And I knew that the guy who was head of marketing there, who was. Went off. He was an early adopter of ink, like had full sleeves back in the nineties, mm-hmm. and was kind of known as being a pretty tough guy in the surf world. He had one conversation with Pat over at the negotiations, and I ran into him a couple weeks later, and he goes, "Yeah, so I met, I met your sister Pat. Yeah, dude, she's gnarly." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh, good to have like on your side. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 She, would, she would, I mean, she would take a bullet for him. So, I mean, but, that's who you want running. Shit. Yeah, yeah. I but mean, she, she, she does. I, I, and I am the one. Well, when we were in business together, I had the one to keep her in check too. Yeah. So, yeah. she doesn't hold, but she, but she speaks oh, her mind. Right. And you had, you'd love you had her to pull back. Her reins. I have a feeling. Okay, who's more adventurous? Well, I think when, that's when it comes tie. to wilderness. Me, really? He surfed Alaska. He surfed the Antarctic. Yeah. yeah, but he's but, crazier. He's jumped between two four-story buildings on the skateboard. You know, he's did it. Did a full loop. Oh, just that yeah. anxiety. How, like, how far apart were the buildings? Uh, Sixteen feet. Really? Yeah, yeah, in downtown LA. Yeah, no net. The more the thing that surprised more, not that I did it, but that I got we got permission to do it. Yeah. Right. Who's more spontaneous? Tony. Yeah, for I'm sure. Down. Yeah, competitive. Uh, I could, I, yeah. I, have I feel like that—that that was my whole. That was that was my brand <laughs> growing up. So if, if if I'm if I'm playing a game, I want to win. My wife won't play Scrabble with me because I I get what she calls Scrabble Jaw. Yeah. Oh, I was just oh. like tense up. Yeah, yeah. Okay, which sibling would you call to bail you out of jail? Uh, Pat, because yeah. she could probably talk her way out of bail. Yeah. Well, it depends. Okay, how big is the bail? <laughs> oh, there you go. Now, uh, now I see what's happening. Who's better at making decisions? Uh, I don't know. Tony. <laughs> Tony. Who's better? I, Tony. I, I, I can be pretty wishy-washy. I'm better at, at making decisions quickly. Okay. Who's better taste in music? That's um, I got my original taste in music from Steve, so I'm going to go with him. He okay. brought me to my first concert, which was The Cars. Wow. And at yeah. sports arena, at the sports That's arena, the he was on yes. my shoulders. Who's more laid back? I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Steve. 
I, I think it's a tie. Oh, wow. We're both pretty chill. Chill. Yeah, I'm pretty chill. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I don't really like stress. We, at all. we got the chill gene, and our two other sisters, our two sisters got the buzz like bee gene. Oh, really? Yeah. Was mama buzzy, buzzy bee? And was dad laid back or vice versa? Um, no, he was dad just a got shit done, but he was kind of a grump. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was. Yeah, he's yeah. just people. He's just rubbed like he's just gruff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. As I said last night. So when, he, when at his funeral, I said that the everything my father taught me can be summed up in three words: pull my finger. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like is me. that about right? Who's more rebellious, Tony? <laughs> For sure, <laughs> I suppose yeah. Tony. But maybe you, you and your youth in the seventies. Oh yeah, I was. Yeah. He was pretty wild. Were you he, was, wild? he was smoking weed. And yeah. I would come visit him in Santa Barbara when he was in college. I was like 11 or 12, and they're just in the smoking weed. This is like 1978. I, you know I'm what pretty I mean? sure we like put you under a cardboard box once and we're blowing smoke. You <laughs> 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 um, still fucked up. But what about when you were 12? What about when you were, in the, when you were young? I mean, how, growing up, the skate culture, was it drinking, drug, drugging? Was it, was it, it that stuff uh, you had to stay away from? It, it, were you tempted? I was, was it like Tony? It was easy for this. me to stay away from because all I really cared about was proving myself through my skating, and I saw plenty of my peers doing that stuff and losing their ability to skate, either right. quickly or slowly. But I just I could tell it affected them, and I was like, I'm not I'm not doing that. Yeah, I won't be able to skate tomorrow. Yeah. I won't you know I won't be able to skate next year. Yeah, yeah. I'm really, really lucky you fell in with the Bones Brigade and that whole crew because Stacy was. It wasn't like he was strict, but he picked good kids, and right. there was not a lot of like. Yeah, but boy, so, but you know, we were growing up with Christian Osoy and Mickey Alba, and, that's true. And Z Boys, and yeah. it was like right. everyone's they sm- they're they're smoking weed before they do a run, and yeah. it was like, I can't, right? right. I don't, I don't want to. I can't. Yeah. yeah. Well, Tony, you're clean. You're so clean, <laughs> and you are. You're like the best poster child for the sport. Oh, he's got some. Skeletons, come on! We all. Oh yeah, I didn't always make the best decisions, but I but I would be able to skate through all of it. So, what album or song would be the soundtrack to your brother's life? It would have to be a Steely Dan song. Yeah. I don't know which one. Was there like holding back the years or something like that? The lyrics are all ironic and. Um. Well, so, it can just like, be an album. It could yeah. be Steely Dan. I like Steely Dan. The That's artist. so great. It's, it's yeah. exemplary. Oh, you know what? I take it back, though. It would be Tom Waits. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Tom Waits growing up. They, the only reason I even know Tom Waits is because Steve. What's, yeah. Is there a song in particular that... Oh, how would you... <sighs> oh, Tom Waits. Kentucky no. Avenue. What's that? Kentucky Avenue, probably. Kent- Kentucky yes. Avenue. Um, so uh, it would be um, Devo, and it would be the one that you just played with Mark. Oh, Robert Freedom of Mark. Choice. Freedom of Choice, yeah. Uh, Freedom of Choice. Freedom of Choice was the first recorded music I ever heard at the skate park because they used to play FM radio and then they played the Freedom of Choice album. It was 1980 and I, was, and I remember going to the pro shop like, what are you playing? What is this? I want this album. <laughs> and I used my paper route money to buy it. And oh, it became, that's, then that's the soundtrack to your life. Yeah. Do you still have your first skateboard? I did, uh, it's at the Smithsonian. It was he gave it to me. Oh, really? You gave him his first board, and he yeah. kept it. That's the crazy thing. Holy yeah, shit! It was a yeah. bane. So we both went to DC here? and handed it to the Smithsonian. Wow! Yeah. It's at the Smithsonian. Yeah. How fucking cool is that? That was a cool, cool moment. I mean, how did you even think to keep it? 
You know what I mean? That's I, pretty I, gnarly. He skated it there. It was all, and it was some old ball bearings things where you took the nut out, the ball bearings would fall out, right? It wasn't. A, yeah, it had wooden riser pads. It was like four inches wide, bane board. Bane, wow, um, dude. And we were really just about to hand it to cool. him, and then I was like, one last ride, because they had they had a little ramp there for the ceremony. Yeah. And, I, and there was, and they, oh. they were, they were <laughs> shitting. They shattered. Yeah, yeah they were <laughs> shitting. <laughs> what do you, I mean, what do you do? Where are all of your bo- decks? I mean, I they, usually just give them away. I, 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 I give mine to, or whatever. to charities yeah. or to, you know, at the event, I'll give to someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I don't, I have very few that I've kept. You don't um, even have old school decks of yours that like are special in some sort of a way or, or first only, editions only of in boards that, I, that you made? Or only in that I'm trying to have collected one of each and yeah. usually it's just a new one. It's not one I rode. Yeah. So I don't really... Dude, they're going a, for... I mean, Bing's I looked on eBay, thing. dude. They're fucking expensive for like two grand. Bing's oh, yeah, original some, ones. Some of your yeah. original Bing's decks. whole thing is like, he, he has this old skateboard and he's like, I got to break it and put it on my wall in a heart. I'm like, no, no, no. You, it needs to break. You don't break the board. <laughs> yeah, no, I saw your... him trying to jump on a board the other oh, day, like trying to, to snap his board. I mean... I'll show him the easy way to do it. Is, oh, really? Can you... Can... <laughs> I, have, I actually have a, I have a way to break my board while I'm skating that looks like an accident. Oh. And I've done it in the past to get out of doing demos. Like, because we'll be doing a demo at some thing and... and there's no end in sight mm-hmm. and the organizers are just like yeah I just keep skating yeah, yeah, so yeah. Just like break I have the this board. move where it looks like I do a big trick and I land wrong and the board breaks oh and I'm you like, know how oh. to do it that's so great <laughs> <laughs> right. so I usually I did it through the 90s a lot I didn't know that that's yeah. awesome that is so or, or like I'll be skating and then I remember one time we were skating at, at this weird sort of bar thing and there was a band playing and I'm skating with Christian Osoy and Jeff Grosso and someone else, and they just got wasted, took like two runs, and then just dove into the crowd. So I was left on my own, skating this ramp that I was not having, it was smoky, and, it was, yeah. and finally I just was like doing the move. Right. Just broke my board. Yeah. <laughs> Good night. Do you remember a time oh, when you were your most nervous? Like just, you were like, I don't know if I can, you know, drop in or just uh, fucking. I think my first contest. Really? Yeah, because I just didn't understand I didn't understand strategy. I didn't understand confidence. And I was just like, okay, I'm going to go. Right. And I, and I ended up bailing on twice on a trick that I could do every time in my sleep. Yeah. And it taught me a lesson and taught yeah. me like, oh, you got to, you got to practice and you got to get confident. And you got to figure this out. Are there any competitions that you, cause you let it all go as an athlete, but that you lost that you, sh- that you shit the bed and it stuck with you. You know what I mean? Anything big where you're like, you can still even remember those um, moments? One of those, one of those big vision events. I um, missed a pretty basic trick. It was like one of the biggest events. It was the first one, not the one he's talking about, but the first one they had in an arena. And they built this big ramp and they had, you know, it was it was the biggest event at the time, probably like three or 4,000 people there. Mm-hmm. And and I, one of my runs, just missed a mixed twist. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my yeah. God. The, something I would never, ever miss. And yeah. I remember as I took off and my board left my feet, I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> So I ended up getting fourth place, and that was pretty disappointing at the yeah. time. Yeah. Okay, so if you were to cast your movie, it's the it's the movie of your life, and you both are the main characters. Who would you cast as your characters? Uh, current day actor, I would say uh, Rory Culkin. Mm-hmm. For you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, for you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. I like oh, that. For Steve, I always thought I always thought Alan Alda was Steve. So I was going to say Alan Alda. 
He's a little old now. Wow. Yeah. Okay. But growing up, now, like growing up watching Mash, I was like, that's, oh, that's there we go. Oh there my god. god. Dude is like ninety five. Yeah. No, but but when, but in Mash, I know exactly what you're saying. There's an out. Totally. Yeah, but Fuck current. You too. <laughs> Not current out all. Well, uh, no, no, what's his name in, at, at the end of the Big Lebowski? The cowboy. Uh, Sam I get Sam Elliott. That's all I know. Sam Elliott's awesome. Yeah. And and if we you if we could staff. just yeah, if we could just forego a, a time space continuum, <laughs> right. I would say Anthony Michael Hall in his weird science uh, days. Oh, that was yes. me. That's really that was good. me for sure. That's really good. Oh, oh. or I'll take Sean Penn as Piccoli. There you go. Oh, so go. we're Anthony Michael Hall Let's and Sean Anthony Let's go Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah. And Sean we Penn. love that. Okay. Now, there's two parts to this question. One is, if you could alleviate something from your brother that you felt would expand his life, uh, what would that be? And then the other question is, if you could have something of your brother. A quality. A quality for yourself. What would you take? I think the thing I would alleviate is... He, his, not fear, but his dis, dislike of uh, kind of hardcore, grueling outdoor adventure. Because mm -hmm. I just did a, a boat trip to Alaska, surf trip that was one of the best surf trips I've ever had. And I tried to get him to go and he, he wouldn't. Because um, it was not comfortable living quarters, and, uh, and it, but it was just this is his pitch. His pitch was, well, it's a, it's a converted fishing boat, and where they used to keep the fish, they've converted that into a sauna, and so you can hang your wetsuit there to dry. Mm -hmm. That's it. Right. That was it. Not there's a there's a really good chef. Right. There's no food. Awesome right. sleeping quarters. Okay. Right. So you can dry your wetsuit. Yeah. In the boat. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like, awesome. Okay. I'm going to pass. And then the second half of that was um, his some of his um, uh, physical skills. I wish I, I were the athlete that he is. Mm. Yeah. Oh. Although he he can surf like motherfucker, so do you surf big waves? Like yeah, he big does. Waves? No, not not really. It, yes, big, he big surfs waves. big waves. Yes. Okay. he's he's. No. I mean, he's going to Alaska. Right. He's traveling oh, oh, the world. Oh, what? We went to Avril. He caught a massive hollow. Really? Wave. Really? Yeah. Yeah. At cloud break. Really? One thing you'd like to alleviate from your brother? That I, I would... think his his indecisiveness, just ability to just kind of almost in a sense like give no fucks. Like yeah, do that. Mm. This. Because I've heard him sort of be his own worst enemy of trying to make a decision, going round and yeah. round, and then and then at some point maybe not going forward with it. Like, it's just, yeah, just go for just it. Make Do it. it. Just, yeah. yeah. Okay, and then a quality that you would love if you had. Oh, his paper. literacy. He's mm. the best writer. Mm. Oh, I love this That's because great. the things that you both excel in are things that you admire in each other. It's so nice. Yeah, I mean, I've learned I, I've learned to be an okay writer just by watching him. Like yeah, it pisses me off now because he'll give send me something and say, "Hey, can you give this an edit?" And I'm like, "Dude, I'm the writer. Stop. Right. <laughs> this is I don't yeah, get out. I really can't yeah. fix it. Leave yeah. me alone." Yeah. Well, I mean, I, we just, I just met you guys, but Steve seems very soul, like a very soulful person. Am I wrong about totally that? Totally soulful. Yeah. I'm so soulful. Soulful, yeah. like just 
Come on. <laughs> he's like, Oliver. Just please. a soulful, like. Until he's like two whiskeys deep. Really? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you guys, thank you so thank much. Thank you so much. Thank this was, was awesome. This was yeah, such an honor. Really, really, really and, fun. Uh, it's so nice getting to know you guys. Yeah, you too. Thank All you. Right. Yes, All thank right. right. Later, later. Thank you. Sibling Revelry is executive produced by Kate Hudson, Oliver Hudson, and Sim Sarna. Supervising producer is Allison Bresnik. Editor is Josh Windish. Music by Mark Hudson, a.k.a. Uncle Mark. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz, This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right.